0: Good morning, City Church. Awesome. Hey, can we take just a moment today? I love that last song. He's a way maker, a miracle worker. I want you to know today, Church Online, right here in this audience, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can we just give him a praise in the house? Come on, let's just tell the Lord we love him. What a great day to serve the Lord today. Now listen, when you came in today, you saw some, you know, some nice places to take a picture because today's a very special day. How many know what today is? Come on, how many know what today is? Mother's Day. Now listen, no matter what kind of relationship you have the mother, you came here by way of, by via uh, mother. And uh, so we just are so grateful for all the women that are here today, all the moms that are here today. We're going to take just a moment and honor moms. We're going to take just a moment and honor moms. And we're actually going to take a moment and honor all the women in our church. Because listen, if you've actually, if you haven't physically given birth to a child, either you are at a place where you're still going to give birth to a child, or you're a mother in the house of City Church. So we want all the women at City church to stand up come on let's give our women a great big hand come on women all the women we want to take a moment come on man let's give them a great big clap come on let's give all the women of the house a great 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 big clap today we got a little just stay standing because we got a little celebration for you miss melanie and her team are going to come and uh, come on we're going to celebrate guys let's celebrate all the women here we got a special gift for you today women Let's move. Celebrate good times. Come on. Let's celebrate.
1: Celebrate good times. Come, Come on. on. Let's celebrate. There's a party going on
0: right here. All right, make sure all the a women got something here. So awesome. bring your good times. And your They're working on this do. side over here. We need we some help celebrate. over on this side. We got one poor guy. All right, we got it over here. All the ladies of the house, we just want to say thank you for all that you do, making our lives a better place, a more beautiful, a more beautiful place. Amen. Come on, everyone, one more time. Let's give all the women a great big hand. We celebrate you today. We honor you today. Thank you for being with us. You know, I tell you what, man, I was sharing with someone this week, they were asking me how I got saved, and as I really began to think about it, I began to think about the spiritual impact. You know, obviously my mother gave birth to me, and I'm grateful that I'm here today, right? Pete's the alternative, right? I'm here today, God has a purpose and a plan for my life, but I began to look back over my life and to see the impact spiritually that my mom had. And I got to tell you something today, I am so thankful for the women who stand in faith, who keep trusting and keep believing and keep showing up. Everyone say, showing up. They keep showing up no matter what's happening in their world. And and I tell you, this church wouldn't be here today. This church would not be here today. You would not be in this worship environment if my mom, Sometime way back in the 1950s in a small Pentecostal church, a Jewish woman, little Jewish girl, 15-year-old Jewish girl, the first time she heard the gospel, she said yes to Jesus. And I'm thankful today for that legacy. Today we're going to be talking about a woman of the Bible. She was a great woman of faith. Uh, Her life is significant to us today because of her, we have a Messiah. Because of her life, we have a Messiah today. Her name was Hannah. Now, over the last four weeks, we've been talking about untold stories. The first week, we talked about Dylan's story and the story of resurrection power. You were here for Easter weekend, our, one of our six Easter weekend services. You heard Dylan's story. It was a powerful, powerful story of how God brings transformation to the human heart, sets us free, fills us with purpose and sense of dignity and identity. It was a wonderful, wonderful story of the redemption power of Christ and his resurrection. The second week, we heard Miss Maida's story, and Miss Maida talked about the grief and the suffering that she's experienced in life, which is very, very real. The loss of a mom, the loss of a husband. It was just a really an amazing amazing journey that God's taken her through. Last week we heard Aura's story, the story of unforgiveness and how God leads us on that journey to a place of forgiveness. Today we're going to be talking to you about this concept or this idea of perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. I want you to stand with me this morning in the honor of reading God's Word. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 1, we're going to look at First Samuel chapter 1. I'm just going to look at a couple of verses this morning and we're going to walk through the story of Hannah. But here's the deal. No one goes through life without experiencing pain. No one. Everyone experiences some kind of pain you lose a loved one, you have a child that you can't, uh, you can't maybe uh, navigate life with, and they made their, they've made their life and, and potentially your life very complicated. Maybe you've experienced divorce. You've experienced the pain of a family being ripped apart. Or maybe some kind of abuse. Maybe it's been self-inflicted. Maybe you've medicated yourself and you've done other things. And, and because of the choices you've made, you've brought a lot of pain. No one escapes this life. No one escapes this life without experience the problem of pain. But here's the deal with pain. We have a choice to make today. Pain either makes us bitter, frustrated, angry, irritated, or, or pain has the potential to turn our life and the life of others into a praise. 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1, I read verses 1 and 2, then I'm going to skip down through most of the story. I'm going to walk through the story this morning, the story of Hannah, but we're going to read verses 19 and 20 for emphasis this morning. Beginning with verse number 1, the Bible says, There was a certain man from Ramatha, a Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah. Elkanah simply means God has created. That's what the name means in the Hebrew. Elkanah was the son of Jorabam, the son of Elihu. I'm not going to read all the rest of that. Verse number two, he had two wives. Everyone say, that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> oh, that's a problem. Now listen to me. It, this is what I love about the Bible. It doesn't say Elkanah had two wives and that was God's will for his life. It just tells you the facts. It just states the facts to you. It just makes it plain. Everyone say, make it plain. The Bible is going to make it very plain to us today. Elkanah had two wives. One was called Hannah. The word Hannah, the name Hannah, means grace. It's a beautiful, beautiful name. And the other, Penanah. Everyone say Penanah. Penanah. Now, here's the problem with and I'm just going to call her Penny. But Penny was a problem maker. She wasn't a way maker. She was a problem maker. And I had children. Hannah had no children, Penaniah had children, but Hannah had none. If you have your Bible, you should underline that. I mean, Hannah had none. Now, let's skip down to verse 19 and verse number 20. Early the next morning they arose, speaking of Elkanah and his wife Hannah. Early the next morning they arose, and they worshipped before the Lord. Then went back to their home at Ramah, and Elkanah made love to his wife, and all the men said, Amen? Come on, that's a weak Amen. She and how can I made love to his wife, Hannah? And the Lord remembered her. That's how you got here today. just Just to help you remember there. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Because I asked the Lord for him. Big idea today, don't give up. Don't give up. Can I pray for you today? Father, I'm so grateful today for the grace that you've extended to us. So thankful that in stories like this, we're reminded of your amazing patience and kindness with us. God, because we were created in your image, we are your delight. We are your joy. And no matter how much pain is coming to our world, we know, God, that you, you are the only one that can take the pain of our life experiences and turn them into a powerful praise. Father, for everyone that's in this room today, I pray that you'll give them a spiritual ear to hear. God, I need a mouth to speak. Thank you for your amazing grace in our life and your wonderful and mighty name. And all the guys' people said, amen. Amen. Maybe seated. That'll work. In our story today, Hannah had a deep longing, a deep desire for a different future, a preferred future. There was a deep desire, a deep longing in her heart to see her life changed. You know, God puts desires in our heart. There's a psalm that says, And God will give you the desires of your heart, He'll give you the desires. And there are good desires that are of God. There are good desires that are ourselves. There are desires that we have that are not of ourselves. They're not of God. They're not good. But then there's those God desires. And God, a God desire for Hannah was to produce children. It was a God desire in her. As a matter of fact, in the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1, God created man and woman in his image. And he told them, Genesis 1, and 27, it is the essence of our life. Come on, it is the essence of we, who we are as human beings. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. The heart of God is for you to be a fruitful, fulfilled, God-loving, God-serving difference maker in your generation. It's the heart of God from the very, very beginning of time. Hannah's desire was good. But what do we do? What do we do when the desires of our life are not fulfilled? How do we handle it when the pain of life seems to be overwhelming and just won't stop? Today, you're going to hear a story of a couple in our church. They had a longing, they had a desire, and it was a long, long time in their life that this desire really permeated almost everything they did this morning i want you to check out brandon and ashley's story check this out now
2: my name is brandon and this is my wife ashley and this is our story.
3: 10 years ago, we met, started dating, then we got married about six years ago. I knew from the time I was little that I wanted to be a mom. God gave me that desire. About a year after we got married, we decided we were ready to start having kids. I was always told growing up that it was gonna be easy. A couple months went by, we didn't get pregnant, kept talking to friends. They all said, just stop thinking about it, just pray about it and I did. During this time we accepted a job in Michigan. Brandon became a youth pastor so we were focused on that but we were also wanting to have a baby so we went and saw the doctor and the doctor said just keep trying and found out we were pregnant. We were so excited because it was right before Thanksgiving so we were planning out the whole way to tell our families but I had started bleeding. We sat in the room while the tech did the sonogram and she was just quiet. I knew something was wrong. She made us wait in the room for the doctor and he came in and told me that the baby was in my tubes. It wasn't gonna survive. I either had to have a shot to dissolve the pregnancy or it would rupture my tube and I could possibly die. And I just felt so heartbroken. I wanted to yell at God. I didn't understand why we had to wait so long and then lose this baby that we had prayed for for so long. I couldn't, I didn't understand.
2: We were reading our Bibles, we were praying, we were doing everything right by God's standards. And yet he wasn't showing up the way that we wanted him
3: to. We went back to the doctor and he told us we could try again. And we did, we kept trying, but nothing worked. So a year later, we found out we were pregnant again. I was about four weeks along, and I miscarried.
2: I think after two miscarriages, we felt like we were really questioning where God was in all of this, and if we were truly called to have children. Social media-wise, it was really hard to see people that are stressing out about having kids, or too young, or oops pregnancies, or teen pregnancies, and you're looking at that and saying, like, God, where are you in this? Like, we're the ones serving you, and yet, like, they're they're being blessed with a child.
3: I didn't do very well. I doubted God. I doubted that he was hearing me. I went through a brief depression, and on May 6th, 2018 I took a pregnancy test and it was positive but I didn't want to believe it I didn't want to get my hopes up
1: The sweetest worshiper at your feet grab his little soul, hold him near your heart,
0: let him
1: feel the fiercest love there ever. The face of God oh, is deep Shallow next to yours Will you let my love be felt When he is held I pray he's the loudest stain around your throne so loud makes you pull him close to say I love you I praise the loudest angel around your throne singing holy holy year still
0: the pain of an unfulfilled desire in a person's life. You know, for Ashley and Brandon, it was the pain of not having a child. But, but maybe for you today, it's the longing that you've had in your life to, to open a business. Or maybe you, you've been a business person and your life just hasn't seemed to succeed in the field that you find yourself in. Maybe today your, your desire is for your parent to have an experience with God. Maybe they grew up in the way and they turned. I, I don't know what the pain of your life is, but all of us in the deepest part of our soul have a problem or have a circumstance or have a thing that we've never been able to fix. Someone once said that uh, a life that's never been tested or a faith that's never been tested can never be trusted. Rick Warren once said, the ultimate test of faith is not how how loudly you praise God in happy times, but how deeply you trust God in the dark times of your life. For Hannah, it was a very, very dark time in her life. But not only was it a dark time in the time of Hannah's life, it it was a dark time in the nation of Israel's life. The Bible said in this time that Hannah was born, in the book of Judges, the Bible said that every person did what was right in their own lives. There was lots of spiritual confusion. There was lots of brokenness. There was lots of pain. Hannah finds herself barren. Barren in the Bible was never a good thing. As a matter of fact, when you study the scriptures, you will find that there were five women in the Bible who were barren. But hear me today. God doesn't leave us barren. What God starts in our life, God always has a plan to finish in your life and in my life. And in Hannah's life today, I want to look at a couple things. I want us to look at a couple things in her life. First of all, don't forget today. Don't forget today that God sees the pain of your life. God sees the pain of your life. In verse number two, the Bible says it like this, Penai Penny and I, Penny had children, but Hannah had no children. She didn't have kids. And in ancient uh, ancient cultures, ancient Hebrew culture, but ancient cultures of that generation, not having a kid really made a woman almost worthless in some ways, especially in the eyes of certain people, because they're the ones that passed on the family line. It was through the wife that she would have children who would help on the family farm or in the family business. And so women were a significant part of that culture because of what they could do. They could produce a child. And Hannah had no children. No matter how she felt about herself, no matter what she believed that God had believed about her, she knew what other people thought. She knew that in Hebrew culture, she knew that people thought she was a cursed woman. And she lived with that mark. She lived with that mark because her husband had two wives, and the one wife, Pen and I, she had lots of kids. She had lots of kids, and she let her know it. I want you to look at verse number six. I want you to see how Penny, how Penny treated treated Hannah. In verse number six, the Bible said, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her, her rival provoked her. Her rival rival kept speaking things against her, kept taunting her, kept reminding her what kind of failure she was, that she wasn't good enough for her husband. She, She kept reminding her of the weaknesses of her life. I want you to know today, that is exactly what the enemy of your soul will do to you. He wants to remind you of your brokenness. He wants to remind you of your pain. He wants to remind you. Hear me today. He wants to remind you that within yourself, you are insufficient and you can't change. And you feel God again. And you feel God again. And you say you love God and you did that. The enemy of your soul will taunt you. 1 Peter chapter 5 says it like this. Stay alert. Watch out. Be on your guard, for the great enemy of your soul, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. What the enemy of your soul wants to do today in your life is to take the pain of your life, turn it into a poison. A poison called bitterness, which keeps you from becoming the person that God has created you to be. She was bitter of soul. She was bitter of heart. I mean, listen, the Bible just tells it the way Hannah felt. I mean, being taunted week after week, month after month, year after year. Maybe in your life today, you have an issue or a problem that just doesn't seem to go away. Don't forget today, God knows the pain of your life. I love what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is near, draws near to the brokenhearted. He draws near to the brokenhearted today. God loves you today. God knows your pain. God knows what you're walking through. God knows the experiences of your life. God knows the past of your life. But here's the deal today. I know who I am today, and it's not what I want to be. I know who I've been today, and I'm not who I used to be. But what I do know today is that I am going to become the person that God has created me to be. Come on. I want you to hear that today. God has a future for you. God has a plan for you. Don't forget, God knows the pain of your life. He knows it today. God knows everything you're walking through. God knows the bitterness of your soul. God knows the bitterness of your heart. I, I, as I begin to think of this this challenge, this challenge, I love what Ashley said. She said, I, I felt heartbroken. I didn't understand why we had to wait so long then lose this baby that we had prayed so long for. Wow, that's a painful moment. It's a painful moment. We're waiting. The Lord is near. Hear me today. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is near to you today. The second thing I want you to hear this morning is don't give up. The process is working. The process is working. Hear me today. Perseverance. Hanging on. Keep showing up. Don't quit. It's a process. It's a process. I I love miracles. I love that God will do things instantaneously in our lives. But there are many times in our life when things don't seem to change, even after we prayed, not only day after day, week after week, month after month. The whole concept of perseverance is from, from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible says, They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life even unto death. They hung on to the very end. The way that we win in life is we don't quit. Come on, you don't quit. You might be crawling on your knees. You might be feeling like, I don't know if I can take it another moment. I can't take it another breath. I want you to know today, take one more step. Take one more step. Perseverance is a process in your life. Look at the scriptures say here. The Bible says that, and Hannah prayed to the Lord in verse number 10, and she wept severely. She wept. She prayed Prayer is a communication. It's a hotline between you and God. It's simply a conversation. The desire that Hannah had to have children was a good desire. And when she began to pray about this desire, she was partnering with what God had already designed and planned for her life hear me today. God knows your beginning. God knows your middle. God knows your end. God knows that you might have been born in pain. You might have experienced a life of pain. You might have been tormented and taunted and abused and had many failures, but that's not who God sees you today. Hear me today. Your Heavenly Father sees you as the crown jewel of His creation. He made you in His image. He loves you. He has an everlasting love for you. He hasn't forgotten you today. He, knows, he is the Alpha and the Omega of our life and let me tell you, God don't create junk today. God didn't create you to be a junk. God created you to be a praise. Hear me today. God knows he's working in your life. But here's the deal. Sometimes when God works in our life, in this area of prayer, it isn't always in the way that we think it should be. There are times that God says, yes. Sometimes God answers prayers of our life, and I call them the miracle-working prayers, the prayers that we were praying, you know, that we were believing for. He's a waymaker. He's a miracle worker. He parts the Red Sea. If you serve God, if you've had any kind of relationship with God over any period of time, you've experienced something like this. You've experienced a prayer where you just simply prayed it, and all of a sudden, I mean, very quickly, you got a suddenly. Everyone say suddenly. Come on, we all want suddenlies. Oh, I want suddenlies. But suddenlies don't always happen. I've had suddenlies, and I rejoice when they come. But many times I prayed, and I feel like no one's listening. I've had no's in my life. And the difficulty of understanding no is why the no comes. Why the no comes and the, 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 the stirring is so strong, our faith seems so strong. Why does God say no? Why does God say no? Sometimes God says no because he knows the future of our life. And if he was to give you the answer to that prayer, if he was to give you the answer to that prayer, it would lead you down a pathway that would be no good. When you go and you buy a lottery ticket and you pray in faith and you believe that when you scratch it, you're going to get a million dollars. Are you going to be a billionaire? And God says no, it's because it's for your good. Because if he gave you a billion dollars, you wouldn't know how to handle it. And it would destroy your life. Come on. Sometimes God says no in our life. And for Hannah, it seemed like the heavens were as brass. But with God, no is not always a no. Sometimes it's just a not yet. Come on, sometimes in your life, it's just a not yet. You see, sometimes we think delay means denial. I want you to hear this today. A delay in God is not a denial in your life. It's simply hold on. It's simply keep on pressing. It's simply keep on seeking. It's simply a keep on knocking. It's, it's simply a keep on praying. Keep on going after God. Listen to me today. Hear the heart of God for you today. God desires that we continue to persevere after him. Keep going after him. And Then I always have what I call a mystery box. Everyone say a mystery box. There are things that happen in this life that we don't have an answer for. And we'll get all the way to the end, and maybe we didn't see that answer the way that we would hope. God isn't finished yet. Come on, God isn't finished yet. God knows the beginning and the ending, not of only of your life, but the other person's life and of all generations. I love the book of Hebrews. It says, "Those who died in faith believing with an expectancy, the things that they prayed for would still come to pass. Don't give up. Don't quit today. Don't quit today. Can you imagine the pain that she experienced? Every time she'd hear a baby cry, she'd ask God why. Every time she felt discouraged and demoralized by the taunting words of the other woman, she would break down. But it was out of this prayer, it was out of this bitterness of heart and pain of life that she would make a promise to God. When you look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse number 11 up on the screen here. And the Bible says that she made a vow. A vow is simply a promise to God. Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Lord, I promise today that whatever you give to me, God, I promise today when you answer, God, I promise today when you answer this prayer, I'm going to give this back to you. God, I make a promise. Here's the thing with promises. God doesn't say never to make a promise to him. God says, when you make a promise, make sure that you keep it. Deuteronomy chapter 23, and you'll see this principle all throughout Scripture, but in Deuteronomy 23, the Bible says, when you make a promise to the Lord your God, be prompt in fulfilling it. For whatever you have promised, the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill it, all your vows, so that you will not be guilty of sin. God wants you to keep those promises. It's better not to make a promise. It's better not to make a vow to God than to make a vow and not to, ki- not to keep it. Hannah was a promise keeper. She was a woman who persevered. She pushed through in faith. She prayed out of a desperation. In verse number 12, the Bible says, as she kept on praying to the Lord. She kept praying to the Lord. She kept praying. She kept seeking. She kept asking. She kept, na- she kept knocking. Last Sunday, in one of our services, after uh, whoever the, I think it was Pastor Joe last week, came up and gave an invitation for people to be prayed for. I, I was sitting on the front row, and I saw this picture. I saw, can you put the picture up for me there, please? I saw this picture. I saw a picture of people all in front seeking God, praying. Come on, we believe today that there's a God who answers prayers. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst, and whatever they ask in my name, I will answer, I will answer them according to my purposes. Hear me today. There's something about the power of persevering in prayer, of not giving up. I call these the knock knock prayers. I call these the keep going after prayers. Jesus talked about it like this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Look what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 7. Keep on asking. Someone say, Keep on asking. You know what that is? That's keep on persevering. That's keep on showing up. That's keep on praying. Let's keep on going after God. Ask and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. The imperative in the Greek here is to stay at it. Don't quit. Keep showing up. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Come on, there is a door opening, knocking prayer. There is a time in our lives when we keep on showing up because let me tell you today, what Hannah always kept in her heart, What Hannah always kept in her heart, don't forget this today, that you must keep your heart full of a praise. And the pain and the bitterness pouring out her soul before God, she never left it there. She didn't walk away in her bitterness and pain and say, well, forget you, God. I'm not going to trust you. I'm not going to believe. This is too hard. This is too difficult. No, in Hannah's life, she kept her heart full of a praise. I want you to see what the Scripture says in verse number 19. In verse number 19, early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord. Come on. She arose and she worshiped before the Lord and she went back to the home at Ramah. And Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. Now listen, it is in the moment of worship. It is in the moment when you lift your voice in the darkness of your experience, in the pain of your life, there's something that happens when you begin to lift your voice to God. Yes, God is always with you. Yes, God has never forgotten you. Yes, God is close to the brokenhearted and wants to revive those who are crushed in spirit. Yes, all that is true. But the reality today, something changes in you. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a miracle worker in the time of Moses. He's a miracle worker in the time of Jesus. And He's a miracle worker in your life today. God doesn't change. You change. Come on. You change. You begin to give him a praise. Come on. She woke up early in the morning, and she began to worship the Lord. She didn't see it. Come on. She didn't know it was going to happen, but one more time. Come on. One more prayer. One more ask. One more seek. One more knock, and the door shall be open to you. She knocked one more time. She asked one more time. She prayed one more time, and the Bible says the Lord remembered Look at verse number 20. Look at verse number 20. So in the course of time, in the course of time, in due season, be not weary of well-doing, for in due season, come on, in due season, don't forget God. Come on, in due season, don't forget God. God inhabits the praises of his people. And in the course of time, Hannah, the woman of grace, became pregnant. And she gave birth to a son, and she named him the one who hears God. Because I asked the Lord for him. She asked God. She asked God. You know, the pain of our life today, the pain of our life is always in process. You might not be in a dark moment today, but let me tell you, there's always a dark cloud on the horizon. Uh, It's not being pessimistic. It's just the reality of this life. But I want you to know no matter how dark it seems to get, it's always brighter on the other side. There's a ray of hope. Come on, your best days are still ahead in God. If it's not in this life, it's in the life to come. When we spend eternity with our Lord and Savior forever and ever and ever. Today, I want you to hear the rest of Brandon and Ashley's story. Check this out.
3: very well, I doubted God, I doubted that He was hearing me. I went through a brief depression, and on May 6, 2018, I took a pregnancy test, and it was positive. But I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to get my hopes up. I still don't understand, but I trust God. During that time, I had set up a prayer room in what we were going to make the nursery. And I had lined the walls with papers just of different prayers about our baby, how it would grow up, how it would be a blessing to this world, and asking God to show me what I needed to do, how I needed to prepare, because I knew that God had a baby for us. Through my amazing friends and my husband and our church family encouraging me to keep going, to press on, and to keep my faith, I went back to my prayer room. I took the pregnancy test and it was positive. I didn't want to tell Brandon because I didn't want to get his hopes up. We went to the store and we got more tests and I took tests for about a week. I had a sonogram. The baby was in the right spot. Two weeks later, we went back and got another sonogram and we heard baby's heartbeat for the first time. It was the best sound that I've ever heard. It was worth every tear that was shed, every fight with God that I had, every prayer that we prayed, seeing his face
2: and just the favor with God. Ashley A and Brandon B and Colton C, and then he's the third, he's our first boy, he's our first child, and this would be the third baby that we would've had. Like, you just start to see God in everything. God has really planned all this out. Even when we couldn't see it, even when we're feeling discouraged, it doesn't mean that God was never with us. In fact, I think God was always closer to us.
3: What would I say to somebody that's struggling to have faith? All I can say is to keep pushing forward. To surround yourself with people that encourage you.
2: The Bible talks about praying without ceasing. And for me, I think in all of this, we were just trying to coat everything, all of this whole circumstance in prayer. Because it can be so easy sometimes that when we pray for something and then we get discouraged, we just give up on it. We stop praying for it. It's not going to happen. Well, that's not really, I don't think, what God wants us to do. In fact, I think he wants us to pursue more and to pray harder and to pray deeper about something. And like he says, to pray without ceasing. Pray until something happens.
3: God loves you. God is hearing you. Keep pushing forward. Trust God.
0: Come on. Come on. Brandon and Ashley had been beaten down. They were so discouraged, but they didn't quit. They kept showing up. The honesty, the transparency of their life. And listen, they were discouraged. But God has a greater blessing in store. Hannah would produce a son by the name of Samuel, and Samuel would be a blessing to the nations. Samuel would be the last judge. Every woman that was barren in the Bible that produced a child, produced a son, who would go on to greatness in their life. The barrenness of your life today God isn't finished with you yet. God wants to take the barrenness. God wants to take the pain. God wants to take the brokenness. And he wants to turn it into greatness in your life. Here's the deal today as believers. Everything God gives us, we say, God, we give this back to you so that we can be a blessing to the nations. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet Brandon and Ashley Gilbert and baby Colbert today. Come on, let's give them a great big hand today. Come on, let's give them a great big hand. Oh, baby Colton, come on. Come on, folks. Let's give God a great big hand. Come on, this is a miracle right here. This is a miracle. God's not stopped doing miracles. He's a miracle worker. (laughs) He's a miracle worker not only in Brandon Ashley's life. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story, Colton. Thank you for being a living example. Come on, this is a living example of a miracle right in our own midst, and we love you guys. Can you stretch forth your hands? I'm gonna just pray over baby right now, baby Colton. Father, I'm just, I'm reminded again, even in the story of Samuel. God, his mother Hannah was barren, but you gave her, you gave her the promise. You gave her the answer to prayer. A baby named Samuel, one who hears God. God, I thank you today for Brandon and Ashley. I thank you for baby Colton. Lord, I thank you that out of this great pain, there's a story of the miraculous working power of God. But it's not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story. God, we declare over Colton's destiny today. We declare, God, your greatness, your power, your favor. God, he will be a blessing. Like Samuel was a blessing to the nations. God, I declare today over Colton and all the days of his life, he will be a blessing to the nations. God, I bless today. I bless his family today in your wonderful name. In the wonderful name all of God's people Amen. will you stand with me let's give them one more hand come on. will you stand with me this morning thank you guys I'm going to let you go back okay. you're in the room today now what do we do come on now what do we do now what do we do what do we do here's, here's the deal don't forget don't forget this today whatever you leave it, don't forget God hasn't forgotten you come on God hasn't forgotten you yeah, he knows exactly where you're at. He knows your address. He knows your phone number. Come on. He knows the doctor that you went to see this week. He knows the pink slip you got from your boss. He, Come on. He knows the desires. He, know, he knows everything about your life. And like Hannibal, we got to be willing to turn our pain into a praise. When There's a song of the Lord that's being birthed in your heart today. There's something that happens in your human spirit when you begin to turn to pain. And you say, God, I don't understand. I don't know why. But in this moment, I'm going to lift my voice in praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praises shall continually be in my mouth.